1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For as it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Thank you, Apostle Paul. You call what I'm standing here doing. Foolishness. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 22 says, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greek seeks after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, And the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Will you help me the next few minutes preach on this subject titled, Understanding the Magnitude of the Cross. Understanding the magnitude of the cross. Mighty God and Fathers, we come today. I thank you, Lord, for everyone that's assembled together today. I thank you for this word you have placed in my spirit. Now I'm asking you, God, for guidance and the ability to deliver. I pray, God, for the next few minutes, God, that everybody will focus their attention, Lord, on Calvary and the importance, God, of what took place there. For each and every one of us, and everything's accomplished, we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you now just to grab a hold and hang on, because I've got to get moving. Hallelujah. The entire message of the gospel revolves around one unique historical event. The sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Writing about this, the writer of Hebrews in the 10th chapter and the 14th verse says, By one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Think about that. Perfected and forever speak of a sacrifice that comprehends every need of the entire human race, and its effects extend throughout time into eternity. Every need that you will ever have, ever had have, and ever will have, amen, is met right there. Hallelujah. A single sovereign act of God brought together all the guilt and the suffering of humanity 
and offered one all-sufficient solution. Hallelujah. There's only one solution to the dilemma of the world. Washington doesn't have it. The Congress doesn't have it. The President doesn't have it. Nobody has it. The only solution for the world is the cross. Hallelujah. The cross was God's chosen way of salvation and restoration planned from the beginning of the world. According to the Apostle Paul, it was a stumbling block to the Jews who believed they could be made righteous by obeying the law. Hallelujah. They thought that as long as they could follow the letter of the law to the T that they would be all right. The cross is foolishness to Gentiles. To the Gentile, a God is immortal and cannot die. According to their wisdom, it is ridiculous to suppose that a God who is immortal should die. Hallelujah. The cross, however, is the power of God to believers. It is the place of redemption. Hallelujah. At the cross, Christ overcame sin. Satan and death Amen, and restored the relationship of God and man. It's all because of the cross that anybody here has any hope at all. Hallelujah. The cross was God's appointed way to deal with the problem of sin. The law was not given to make man righteous but to point man to sin and his inability to earn righteousness by the works of the law. There's no way that you can work your way to heaven. I may shock you with what I'm fixing to say, but it's going to be the truth. There's going to be a lot of good people go to hell. There's going to be a lot of good people who live good, moral lives, amen, who help feed the poor, amen, and, and, and maybe and, and didn't commit adultery and didn't get drunk or didn't do that, but being a good person is not what gets you to heaven. Amen. If it was, that would have never been necessary. Amen. Hallelujah. The cross was God's appointed way to deal with the problem of sin. The sin sacrifice pointed to the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. The scriptures declare that the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The cross is a place of victory. How can the cross be a place of victory when it symbolizes suffering death? Well, the cross is a place of victory because, number one, it is a place of victory over sin. At the cross was made sin. Jesus was made sin with the sin of the world, past, present, and future. At the cross, Jesus, hallelujah, was hung up for your hang-ups. Number two, the cross is a place of victory over Satan because it was there that Jesus crushed the head of Satan 
and the restored man's dominion. Hallelujah. Going all the way back to Genesis when Jesus told the serpent about the head being bruised. Amen. Was pointing to Calvary and to the cross. It was at Calvary. Amen. That Jesus destroyed. Amen. And stopped the works of the devil and makes, hallelujah, possible for you and I to be victorious in Jesus. And then finally the cross. Sister Lisa is a place of victory over death. Hallelujah. God's righteous judgment demanded the death penalty for sin. The word said without the shed blood there can be no remission of sin. Hallelujah. At the cross... The sinless Son of God died in our place that we might have eternal life. The sacrifice of Christ gives life. The Bible says because in Adam all die, even so in Christ all will be made alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if anything can get you going, if anything can get you happy, if anything can, could, can push your ball, ball buttons today, it should be when we start talking about the cross. We can get excited over this thing, and we can get excited over that thing, but praise God, you better start getting excited over the cross, because without the cross, we all going to be lost. Hallelujah. Jesus took my place and he took your place and he bore the full judgment of our sin. He bore the full judgment of our sin. Understanding the magnitude of the cross. Oh God, don't never let me forget about Calvary. Don't ever let me forget about what you endured, what you went through with. I don't know how many people here today remember and watched Mel Gibson's uh, movie, The Passion. If you were just kind of vigil, if you did some of the scenes of that in your mind today, the suffering and the pain and the agony that Jesus went through for you. He died for you. He died for me. Why should I not be willing to live for him? Oh God. There's a couple things that I want to share with you. In this message, the first thing being the cross nullified the curse. The cross nullified the curse. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. Now listen to that. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, 
that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. Thank God that is what is one thing when we understand, amen, the magnitude of the cross, amen, that the cross nullified the curse that we all was born under. Hallelujah. Now, let me mess up some modern theology that's being propagated today, especially by many in the charismatic world. They, they talk about, they wrote books about and made plenty of money driving nice cars full of sale of the books about generational curses. But I'm going to tell you something. If you understand anything about the Bible, if you understand anything about the cross, hallelujah, how, amen, it don't matter what come out of my past and through my family and through my lineage. Hallelujah. Somebody who's never come to God might be under a generational curse, but no child of God, no person who's ever knelt at the cross, no person who's ever repented, been baptized in His name, and filled with His Spirit, has been or never will be under a generational curse of no kind. It's not Bible. It sounds sexy, but it ain't Bible. The cross nullified the curse. Hallelujah. You see, the law of Moses was a strict code which kept people under the shadow of judgment. Hallelujah. There was no freedom from the guilt and shame of sin. There's no mercy when you broke the law. I told you, I believe it was last week or maybe the time before that, I for sure, I'm glad that I live on this side of the cross. Now, if you lived on the other side of the cross, your whole life would be lived under condemnation and under judgment. There was no mercy for anybody at any time who broke the law, who broke the commandments. What about the woman that they brought to Jesus that time with rocks in her hand ready to stone her to death, brought her to the Lord and says, the law says she should die. What do you say? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, the law said that because there was no mercy under the law. The law was total judgment. And I'm going to tell you right here, the church, and I, and, and I, I lose some people every time I say this, but I can't help it. The church is a New Testament institution. We're not under the old covenant no longer. It was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. If a, if a man in his 20s, when he first gets married, goes to a lawyer, 
and has a will drawn up, a testament, a covenant. And then later on down the road when he gets in his 60s, he makes a new will. Hallelujah. What happened? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. That, that poor old, old woman that put up with that dude for, for 60 years thought she was going to have something by, by the will. She was sitting next to the lawyer when he, when he made it back when they got, uh, got married. But now that he's kicked the bucket and gone on, this, this 25-year-old blonde-headed chick that he's been seeing on the side is going to get everything. Huh? Hallelujah. The old covenant, the old covenant was fulfilled in the new. There was nothing but judgment. There was no mercy. Hallelujah. There was no freedom from the guilt and shame of sin. But through the cross of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, we were redeemed from that curse. Grace and mercy now operates through the new covenant. And condemnation and judgment are nevermore. Look at your neighbor and say, nevermore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here's the, here is the magnitude of the cross. Once you repent, once you are baptized in His name, filled with His Spirit, you no longer live under judgment and condemnation. Glory to God, it don't matter how the devil points his finger at you and tries to remind you of your past. Hallelujah, when the devil tries to remind you of your past, you look at him and remind him of his future. Romans 8, 1 through 4. That's where I get that. Neither is therefore now, now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. I thank God for the magnitude of the cross today. Hallelujah. Another point and the last one I'm going to make in talking about this. The cross eradicates the evidence of our sin. <laughs> I said the cross eradicates the evidence of our sin. The evidence that we are sinners was demonstrated in the law which shines a light on our sins but had no way to eradicate our sins or their consequences. You see, the old covenant was good about pointing out 
where you went wrong, but it didn't have no remedy how you could make things right. But I thought, Brother Sammy, they had the priest and they had the animal sacrificed. But you got to realize that when they offered those sacrifices, they did not eradicate the sin. All they did was push him up another year. Amen. They was never cleansed. If you repent of your sins and you go down in that water in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins is over with, sweetheart. They're forever gone. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to read it. Then I'm going to read it again. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. And you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, Hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses? Verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to what? It said he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances. Now, for those of you whose mind might be a little bit foggy, wondering exactly what he's saying there. I'm going to read that verse again in another translation, God's Word's translation, Colossians 2, 13 and 14. It says, You were once dead because of your failures and your uncircumcised corrupt nature, but God made you alive with Christ when he forgave all of them. Verse 14. He did this by erasing the charges that were brought against us by the written laws of God that were established. He took the charges away by nailing them to the cross. Hallelujah! Hey, you ever been in a courtroom or maybe watched something on TV when somebody was guilty, they knew they was guilty, hallelujah, amen, there wasn't no getting ready, and when the guy standing there, amen, knew, amen, there wasn't no choice for him to have to pay the penalty, hallelujah, all of a sudden the gavel's dropped, says charges dismissed, that's what this verse is saying, glory to God, hallelujah, the law said I was guilty, the law said I had to pay, the law said I was lost, but Jesus stepped in, so wait a minute, glory to God, hallelujah, we dropping the charges, Woo! hallelujah, oh, if that don't make you shout, you ain't got no shout in you, Let me, whew, I'm feeling good in this. Let me, get, let me give you one more translation. The Holman Christian Standard Version. And you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. He made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. Verse 14. Verse 14. What did he do? When he blotted them out, he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. (laughs) 
Debt paid. Glory to God. God has blessed me many, many ways down through the years. I know a lot of you the same thing, but I remember one time, several years ago, my sister Darling in the hospital. We, when we moved down here and the congregation voted, voted to make, uh, make me pastor, I took a little old job out there in, in, in Mount Juliet, Hermitage Sheet and Air. I worked there for a little while. That's where I was when I got my back broke. But I didn't have no health insurance whatsoever. And something happened, and Sister Darlene, there was a stint in the hospital, and there was this big bill, several thousand dollars. So the accountant people called, and they wanted to set up some payment. I told them I didn't have any, you know, we didn't have insurance, and I said, hey, I, I don't have no... I don't have nothing. I don't have nothing. I said, we're going to have to do payments. Well, they started coming out with, well, you know, with the amount of this bill, we're, we're looking, we're looking at least four or five hundred dollars a month. I said, no. No. That ain't going to do it. Well, maybe we can get by with three fifty. I says, no, that ain't going to do it. It just simply ain't there. Hallelujah. I mean, Brother Hale was still alive, and we all agreed, and we voted, and I, and I made sure of it. You know, they were, they were, the church was giving Brother Hale some retirement and, and everything. I said, look, <laughs> best I could recollect, I... What I was getting, all, all I was getting for expenses back then was about $50 a week. And then I turned around and had my back broke. Wore steel brace for over a year. They said, well, we'd do. I said, 350 is not, not possible. Hallelujah. And by the way, this guy didn't give his testimony, but when everybody prayed for that Social Security check, guess what? He, he got it on Monday. They let him know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. You hear what I'm saying? Well, Mr. Pruitt, exactly how much can you pay? I say, well, I'm going to be doing good to be able to send you all $25 a month. Oh, man, there ain't no way. Don't you realize how big this bill is? I says, I know what I can do. I said, I realize y'all probably get a lot of people all the time giving y'all some kind of line, whatever. I said, I'm not giving you a line. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that I can do something that I know I can't do. Well, the last that I heard from them, they said, we can't, we can't, we can't take that. Uh, I said, we're going to we're gonna have to turn this over and do something. He erased 
the certificate of our debt with its obligations. One day I came home at the little trailer at Stonehenge, Brother Bobby, parked and went to the mailbox, and it was a letter from uh, that hospital. I said, oh, here it is. Going, 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 going to be gone to shoot. And, and, and Darlene always gets it. says, you always think the worst. <laughs> I, you get an amen out of her when you don't want to get one. I, I tore in that letter, Brother Paul. And the letter, I don't remember exactly how it read, but the rhetoric, it was something like this. Upon Mr. Pruitt, upon re, uh, reviewing your account with us, we have a certain amount of funds to help certain people with different needs. And upon reviewing your account and what you have turned over that you could do, this total bill is being erased, marked off your account, paid in full. Now, if I was happy that day, in which I was, when I look back, brother, in my past, and see all that low-down stuff that I was guilty of, the lies that I've told, the lust that I was guilty of, everything else that I was guilty of, enough to bury me forever in the devil's hell. When I knelt at that old altar, and I said, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. I was born again by the water of the Spirit. All of a sudden, I felt a lightness come out of my heart. I felt like a thousand-pound weight had been lifted over. And the reason why I felt that, it made me feel more joy than the joy of getting that several thousand dollar debt from that hospital erased. Because Jesus stepped in and he said, all the charges dropped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> all charges dropped. I'm, I've got more notes, but I'm going to quit. I've got my point across. The magnitude of the cross.